0: So Hashem. today's episode on the podcast in Shichot we start with Siman Memdalet, Lesson 44, continuing with the idea about the names of a person about what the name of a person really signifies, and how it's very significant. Rabbeinu is going to discuss more about this, as we saw in last Siman, lesson uh, 43. We saw a little bit about this. Rabbeinu is going to continue. With regard to the name of a person, the name of a person is something very big. And he spoke a lot about this. Anytime Rabbeinu speaks a lot about something, you can you can... Understand that it's something very important. Anytime Rabbanu speaks a lot about it, the name of an individual, Rabbanu speaks a lot about Rosh Hashanah, this, that, all these things that Rabanu speaks about, you can see that they're principles. This is something very important. Rabbanu spoke a lot about this idea and um, he said it's something very, very lofty. Now, the Segula, Rabbanu notes he's Mentioning this, Rabanu yeah. spoke a lot with regard to the verses a person customarily says after Yularaton or before, sorry, before Yiyu la Raton, Um If you know the at the end of the Shemona the silent prayer that we say three times a day, in the last bracha of Elokeinu Tor, right before this bracha, you see the phrase Yulatunim Rafi VeGoni Bilefanek Hashem that's the first time you see it. There's the a second time you see that phrase. And it happens at the end of the paragraph of Elokay which is the last paragraph of the silent prayer. It's the 19th, uh, or it's actually after that. It's not even part of uh, one of the 19 blessings. It's after that. The last uh, paragraph we say, is At the end, you see the phrase So right before you say that phrase There's a segula To say A phrase in the Tanakh In Tanakh, whether Torah, Nevi'im or Ketuvim That um, starts The phrase starts with the first letter of your name And ends with the last letter of your name So for me, being my name is Moshe I say uh, two phrases with regard to this there's a phrase by the phrase of So, is the first word that starts with the letter mem, which is the first letter of my name, Moshe. And then the last letter of my name is He, which, uh, which is the last letter of the phrase of Ends with the letter He. So, that's one of, that verse. That verse begins with the first letter of my name and ends with the last letter of my name. Also, Mi mizrach shemesh ad mevaob meunal shem hashem. Mi mizrach starts with the mem and shem hashem yud uh, hey is the last one and that's uh, mem and hey which is the first and last letter of my name. It's a segula to say this because if a person forgets uh, what do you call? It? We know that we just discussed that when a dead person uh, when a person passes away, he can easily forget his name because that person falls into depression. Very deep in yam discusses here. Uh, signifying that there's actually emotions with regard to the dead person, <laughs> not no, before he, uh, before he brought the judgment and everything on the day of judgment. Now, nonetheless, when a person passes away, he can forget his name. A segulah to remember your name is that you say this every single day, whenever you do the silent prayer three times a day. You say this phrase to remind you of your name. That on the day of judgment, you can remind yourself and recall your name when these angels ask you your name. So we see this. Anyways. Rabenu spoke about this, and he spoke about the segula to read these psukim um, that begin and finish off with the letters of your name. And he said, "Rabenu said that he had the ability, he had the wisdom to explain all the names of those people that were standing around him, and he was able to show you what these names imply and what they hint." And more than anyone, Rabenu picked out an example by the name of, uh, by the, it picked out an example of a student, Rab Shimon. He was standing there at the time. Rab Shimon Ben Behr was Rabenu's first student. When Rabenu, right before he got married, at the day of his wedding, he attracted a follower because he saw a very, uh, this person saw that he was a very big tzaddik. And he was also um, maybe just maybe, I think he might have been three years older than Rabenu at the time. I don't know, I could be wrong. Around the same age of Rabenu, I think. Anyways, Rabenu was 13 when he got married. And uh, Rabbi Shimon was around that age as well, and he became Rabenu's follower on the day of Rabenu's wedding. Now Rabbi Shimon was standing around at that time when Rabbeinu was speaking about the idea of naming Rabenu chose Rabbi Shimon for an example, and he started speaking about Rabbi Shimon more than anyone. avon Mash. Rabenu started playing with the word Shimon. He said Shimon is a play on the words Avon Mash, which literally means free of sin. That Shimon was free of sin. Rabenu did not want to explain more than this. And just said like this. This combination of letters of Avon Mash, which create the word Shimon. He was saying this is literally the entire essence and aspect of Rabishimon. Shimon. Rabbeinu was saying that your entire aspect of Shimon is the fact that you're free of sin. There's an entire story about this, by the way. About how Rabbi Shimon was banished across the river, the Danube River. And came back years later, completely free of all his desires. Rabenu said that uh, he was completely free of sin. There's an entire story about this. It's about done in, uh, in uh, different places, the Hashmatot, and different excerpts that are written with regard, to, uh, with regard to different stories about Rabenu and his students. Nonetheless, we see this idea that Rabbanu chose Rabb Shimon for an example, and Rabenu, he started playing with the words of Shimon. Shimon is a play on the words, Avon Mash, free of sin. Rabb Shimon had no desires left, he was completely removed from all this just to show you the level that we're talking about here. And Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Natan saying, it, was one of Rabbenu's most important students. And Rabbenu said, Do not be confused. Do not mislead yourself if a person comes and tells you, yeah, but what if another person named Shimon... Um, what are you going to interpret with regard to his name? That he's free of sin? What if he's not? Rabenu said, do not mislead yourself in thinking that just because they have the same name, they have the same aspect. There's a different combination of letters over there with regard to each person and wherever they stand that determines, um, that you can determine where where he is, who he is, um, with that combination of letters. And just because another person named Shimon doesn't mean he's Avon Mash. Not at all, in fact. Rabenu would have... Um, been able to show how this person was named shimon who might not have been at the same level as rabbi shimon was a completely different combination of letters which hinted to that anyways Rabenu was saying do not be misled by this altomark do not say or do not think that just because another person named shimon that he too has the same aspect as uh rabbi Shimon shimon Ben bear we just discussed and from the the general words Rabenu used his general conversation we can understand that each and every person, according to where he stands, his level, his aspect, his spiritual uh, place, that determines the combination of letters and the, um, yeah, the combination of letters um, of that person, essentially. So the, um, according to that level which he's at, that will determine the combination which Gabenu um, will show us with. Uh, that will determine the combination of letters that this person represents. The knew all of this very well to the truest um to the highest and possible truth to the highest possible truth with regard to each and every individual he could ever come across. She continued that the combination and permutations of letters is something very big. Sha Rabenu said his Torah is very awesome. But in the place when Rabenu plays with letters and letter permutations, whether he uses acronyms, um maybe he takes the last letters of a phrase and he shows you how that uh, how a word is hinted there. Nonetheless, anytime time plays with letters and wordplay, Rabbenu said his Torah is even bigger over there. We see here if Rabenu is able to use letters to his um to explain certain secrets like this, we can obviously begin to understand that we have no conception about where Gabenu was really uh, uh, what Gabenu's level was to show you his wisdom which was uh, uh, incredible Siman Memhe Lesson 45 something about the idea of a broken heart and small but actually a very very practical and something uh, pretty deep it sounds like a paradox but we're going to see here Achar Lev Nishbar Basimcha after a broken heart, comes happiness. And this is a sign. If a person truly had a broken heart, if only afterwards he attained happiness. Rabbeinu is saying a good sign, whether you broke your heart properly, and you to do to whatever it might be, is whether it's followed by Simcha. If you're really happy after, you should know that you properly broke your heart. Because Rabbeinu is saying, following a broken heart is always happiness. Happiness always follows a broken heart, and the more you break your heart in hidbodudut, the more you will follow that hidbodudut after with simcha. Um, and Rabbanu said this is a very good um, indication of how good your hidbodudut was, how good your broken heartedness was, how sincere it was. And uh, this is something we should take notice of, especially whenever we do hidbodudut, when we leave hidbodudut. Depending on how we feel after, we will determine whether we properly broke our heart, whether we really sincere in our hidbodudut. If we don't, isn't if it isn't truly followed by simcha. It's an indication that we need to work on our ibudut and our sincerity. But uh, this is something very big, as we discussed in the uh, in a past few podcasts. But the idea of ibudut and how a person needs to break his heart every single day for at least an hour a day, and how this is something that any single Jew has to do. Rabeinu said, "This is something in Maseleh that is chok avor We cannot um, uh, pass this over. It has to be done every single day without any excuse." So this is something very important. And the last siman for today is siman, lesson 46. A person needs to safeguard his thoughts very carefully, his mind. Because from a thought, a person can create a living thing literally. A person creates something living, something, he can manifest something just from thinking it. Rabbeinu said, so big is the power of thought that if a person were to really think about something so very much, he can actually make it happen just by the thought alone. So big is a person's thought, so powerful is a person's mind. If a person really, really wanted money, Abenu said the person can think about it, think about it, think about it, until he can attain it. Not to say that that's something good. Obviously, there's a, there might be more important things, and of course the intentions are important. But the thought is something very powerful. The higher a faculty, the more and the further it can go or reach and perceive. The higher something is it with regard to a person, meaning on the structure of the person's body, the more it can go, the further it can go. Let's bring a parable, an example. If you were to put something on your foot, it can only throw something... Uh, it can only lift that thing that high, right? If you were to throw something on your foot, uh, sorry, if you're going to put something on your foot, try to lift that thing. If you were to put a ball on your foot, try to lift that uh, that ball as high as it could go. It can go probably a little bit high. If a foot can throw something high, with a person's hand, you can throw it even, even higher. up. If you were to put something on your foot, it wouldn't be able to reach as far as if you put something in your hand and you threw it up with all your force versus if you threw something up with your foot. You know, you lifted something up with your foot. I'm not talking about kicking it. I'm talking about lifting it. Now Rabenu says, that's because the hand is higher up on the body. It's, it's, it's uh, positioned higher up. Speech, a person's mouth, can perceive and can go much further. Because person A person can speak from much further. you can only throw something far, but with a, with your mouth you can scream something that can be heard much further, for example, if you were to throw a tennis ball to someone, you can only throw it that far, but you can scream something that person can a person can be much further back and you can still hear it. so you see that the speech has the power to to transfer transfer your your message much further than a person can throw something to someone so because the speech, because a person's mouth is higher up on the body, has a greater koach to, to, to reach something further. But a person's ears are something even above the mouth. Meaning you can listen to something even more. Listening is higher. Meaning the power of your ears. It can hear something from much further than you can transmit a message. Meaning you can only scream something so far while a person can hear, but you can hear something from much, much further. What does that mean? What I mean is like this, it's not by speech. He, um, don't, forget about the example of speech. You can only hear from so far if someone's screaming something. But, for example, if a person shoots a, a gun, or for example, a cannon, you can hear that from very, very far, more than you can scream something while another person hears you but seeing something because the eyes are higher up than the ears seeing something uh what do you call it um seeing can be perceived from much further you can seeing can go that much further because with your sight you can literally look at the heavens doesn't mean you can hear what's happening there but you can look at it nimza we find The more something is higher up on the body, it can perceive and can go much further. So each and every faculty, depending on where it's positioned in the body, has much more core to do whatever it can do. But the person's thoughts is loftier and much loftier than everything else. It can perceive and it can reach things that are much, much higher, supernal lofty things, higher than the heavens. You can attain the torah through thought you can you can perceive in your mind the you know what i mean the hashem can be can become captive in your mind we know this the king was bound in uh, chains the rafters the chambers of the mind meaning what you can have the king hashem himself become captive in your mind there was an entire torah about this meaning god himself can come and be constricted within your own mind comes to show you that the mind is a, it can perceive things that go much, much further than anything else, any other faculty on the body. It can perceive and can go extremely lofty to very high places. Therefore, a person has to um, be very careful with it. This is why we have to be careful. The feet, we don't have to be as much careful as we have to do with the hands. But also, you have to be careful with what happens on the face more than anything else, you know. And... Um, all these things, the eyes, essentially, and above the eyes is the mind, a person's thoughts. So the higher something is, the more we have to try to uh, be careful with regard to that and to safeguard it from all impurity. Bezrat may be successful in this. And uh, keep this in mind because this is something very, very big. It comes to show you the power of a person's thought. Imagine what eyes can do. All the more so at an infinitely higher level what a person's thoughts can do. Maybe we have the merit to keep our mind clean, and our thoughts pure.